Welcome to the Sell or Die podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Gittimer. And I'm your host, Jen Gittimer. Well, in this podcast, we're going to help you attract more qualified, unbelievable, ready-to-buy clients. We're going to help you build loyal relationships. And the one thing you're hoping for, close more deals. Let's get into it. It's time to sell or die. Diehards, we are lucky today, all of you that are out there, and especially you, the diehard, who might be living in Utah. We have a, a special Utahian, I don't know how you say that. Utah. Uh, Brigham, uh, Brigham Youngian, who specializes in creative advertising that actually gets results. And for all of you who have ever paid money to get an ad and got zero results, Today is your day to learn how to reverse that process. Please help me welcome the great Shane Rickard. Thank you very much for that great introduction. It's a pleasure to be here. I try to introduce you as though I was giving a eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> man, if that's half of what my eulogy is at the end of the day, is, man, I feel great about exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> I introduced Joe Theismann one day, and he came up to stage and goes, I thought I was dead. <laughs> I know for a few more mentions of my kids, but you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> exactly. So how did you decide that advertising was a career that you could win with? I got interested in advertising just because it was such a, a fascinating idea to me that you could create content because I've always loved movies and always loved film and TV. And, it, you know, I always liked how it could influence you like to feel a certain way. Right. The idea of like advertising, actually like influencing people, like their buying decisions or how what products they identify with or what they want to like buy to improve their lives was like a magic suit. It was like a superpower that I was like, that's like so fascinated me. And so it was just kind of an, like an idea of like being able to not, not manipulate, but, but, but influence people into certain behaviors was just like something really cool. And also the behavioral psychology element behind it, because in college, I started off as a, like really going into behavioral psychology, thinking that was going to be my career, but it veered into advertising in college very quickly because of so many of like the, the kind of crossovers of like uh, consumer behaviors and how those are driven by behavioral psychology. And so that was like, for, for me, like kind of where I got the, the bug and the itch and where I kind of started getting my career started going in that trajectory. You know that advertising is a very inaccurate science, correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I learn that every day <laughs> and it's, it's challenging. It challenges my assumptions every day. Cause it's, I think in my, in my opinion on this, it's, it is an inaccurate science for sure. And to some degree, I think behavioral psychology is too, but let's not get into that. But it's so interesting with consumer behaviors and also how we consume content has changed and evolved so rapidly over the last, you know, I would say 10 to 15 years with just new mm -hmm. introductions of technology and different platforms and how we think about content has changed and, and, and ebbs and flows on a daily basis almost. It's a challenge, but it's also like a really fun challenge to kind of crack the psyche of, of the consumer to understand like, what, how are they thinking about things differently? How can I interrupt them, like get a pattern interrupt differently now in this ever evolving marketplace and how people are consuming content? Because that's really what our job is at Harmon Brothers. And when clients ask us to make advertising that performs, we really have to be on our A game of being able to be on the cutting edge of what's actually getting attention and stopping people and getting them to consider the product. So what is getting attention? Let, like how uh, do you stop the scroll? How do you get someone to say, oh, wait, I need to learn more. By the way, Stop the Scroll is a book title. 
Is it your book title? No, but it, it's a book title. <laughs> Jeffrey thinks in book titles because that's a great way to think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I looked up, I looked you up. You got a, quite a prolific author, man. You got quite a few under your belt. Thank you. Yeah. So I mean, I think that the thing we try and do at Harm Brothers because I feel like the one thing that's I think an easy thing to do, and a, and a thing I see a lot of marketing agencies do, and I this is really go for whatever is gonna shock people as quickly as they can, and then try and shoehorn the product in really, really rapidly. Like there's a trend that's huge right now on Instagram and TikTok, and just seeing like product destructions, like where people are putting like, you know, wallets in a hydraulic press or like torture tests on the thing, which it, it can be like a, an effective like method of doing that, of getting people's attention. But oftentimes if people like feel bait and switched by like what you're doing, it can kind of, I, in my opinion, I think it damages the relationship with the customer. So what we always try and do is we always want to make a hook or make a, uh, a something that gets people's attention, but then feels a natural transition into the product or the value prop that we're pushing on in that like in that sales video, because then it feels like it, it honestly has like a bit more respectful relationship to the consumer because we're trying to get that attention in a way that feels like it's not a bait and switch, but it feels like it's an honest and it feels, uh, you know, more authentic to like the actual problem that we're trying to speak to. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And think about it from the seventies, the seatbelts were available in the sixties. No one used them. Yeah. Then they tried to make them mandatory by putting that goofy thing that goes around and still no one used them. But when they came out with the commercials for crash test dummies, yes, and you could actually see somebody either going through a windshield or being saved by the seatbelt, people started to use them. So it was stark. I mean, like, I didn't want to be one of those guys, but Mercedes obviously had something going on or Chevrolet when they use these crash test dummies that brought them to the reality of like, dude, here's the crap that happens. Don't yeah. be doing that. Put the seatbelt on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we try to always, I mean, like we've been some, we've done some sensational hooks at Harmon Brothers over the years, like that, but again, it's always trying to come back to the, the core of like what the product does. Like for instance, we did one for a product called FiberFix. Are you guys familiar with FiberFix? No. So it is a fiberglass uh, technology, it has fiberglass technology glass technology unit, similar to like the fiberglass cast that you put on arms, but it basically is an adhesive that you dip in water, you wrap it on around the thing, and then it cures and it hardens about a, and the actual adhesive, like strength and tensile strength of it is about hundred times more than duct tape. So it's incredibly strong. So we were brainstorming of a way that we could show that strength and, sh and demonstrate it. And we thought about all sorts of things like a weight test or like a, you know, a hit test. And the, the idea came up of why don't we build a, a roll cage around a car and chuck it off a cliff and have it of one that's only had a roll cage is only held together by duct tape on one of them. And then we'll build a second one where it's only held together by fiber fix, right? And so it was a side-by-side -side comparison of the strength. And we literally found an abandoned gravel quarry and we drove it off of it with uh, about 30 miles an hour and chucked it off this cliff and it just tumbled down. And inevitably it showed it was a great side-by-side -side, uh, demonstration. The duct tape one collapsed almost instantly and just crumpled into a heap of mess. There's 
bars and crap flying off everywhere. And the fiber fix one, like it almost, I, in many ways, it exceeded our expectations as the marketers who had tortured it and tested it like extensively. But the thing, the car just started rolling. And because it was so rigid and so strong and there was no like give on the frame at all, and there was no energy like going into the hill, it all just went into the roll. And it rolled about 17 times, hit the bottom of the quarry. And then it started rolling towards the, the where the camera crew was, the station. Oh my God. And so it almost hit, like I was down there in that video village when we were doing that and it almost it was probably about 20 feet away from like where we were but we were originally like you know a thousand feet away from the bottom of the court but this thing had so much energy and it was just one of those you know one of those hooks that was really really engaging and really like like you can't get that that visual sticking in your head you know what I mean? Because we always have like that as one of our four core tenets of like how we sell is how sticky is the concept and how sticky is the creative to like kind of linger in the, the customer's minds. Because that's a lot of stuff we, we try and avoid is like the stuff that it might get people's attention for a short amount of time, but it's not sticky. It doesn't stick with mm -hmm. them. That's cool. That's it's right. way cool. I can I visualize it. Exactly. Yeah. It would be even I, classier if you had a guy get out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the spokesperson, like we had a dummy, like the opening is actually a guy's like, what happens when you roll? You drive a, a car made with a roll cage full of duct tape off a cliff. And like, it cuts out wide. So you think it's him. And then like the duct tape one falls apart. He's like, I never get in that car. It's made with that. That's a roll cage made with duct tape. <laughs> I'm not a dummy. And then he actually like throws the dummy off to the side. And so uh, then we actually did one with the, the fiber fix right after that. So it was that side by side. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, but also one of our, I think one of our strongest, like just demonstrations that has that sticking, staying power. That's like, oh, Oh man, that stuff is tough as nails and is impressive. And why do you think that in Provo, Utah, that you, you can outdo Madison Avenue? You know, I think it's, uh, you know, the, the the Harmon brothers, the Jeffrey and Daniel Harmon, who are the what two of the founders and two of the partners at Harmon Brothers, they are like two, you know, farm boys from Idaho you know, that had like grew up dirt poor. And I'm not, they, they'd be, they'd be okay with me saying this. I mean, they, they told me at one point in time growing up that their, their toys that they would play with were newspaper and folding them into like newspaper, like just had no money. Right. And so I think that really got their like entrepreneurial spirit very early from going to the potato harvest, they would go door, they would drive down to Utah and like they would, their parents would take them down to Utah and they would sell buckets of, or like, you know, bushels of, of potatoes door to door. And so they really got an entrepreneurial spirit and hard work because a lot of what we do, I feel like we, if Harmon Brothers, a lot of why we're special and I think of why we've been able to have success is we are just willing to put in the long, hard work to crack the nut on the messaging and the creative. Where a lot of other agencies, I feel like are willing to settle for the status quo or getting some something that look, might look great, but might actually sell or motivate. And that's really like for us, like we want, like our wins only come when our clients win, right? We only have success when they succeed. And it's, you know, not about winning awards. We actually shy away from awards most of the time. We're not about that. But going back to the Harmons, I think between that and then the, you know, they both served LDS missions, uh, although Harmon Brothers are actually involved still the LDS missions. And a little bit of it is, is just that grinding it out on a mission where you're going two years away from your family door to door. And they're, you know, kind of sharing the story of the gospel that they like have a huge faith in. And that like kind of a lot of those like core tenants that they had attracted a lot of people, you know, similar to them and brought them in and they spotted people who had that, like that drive and that, that hard work ethic. And as well as appreciation for storytelling is kind of like the people that we uh, naturally bring into our agency and organization. And I think that like, like for me, myself, like I grew up very not 
uh, well-to-do, I would say. <laughs> we had our cars repoed several times when I was a kid. And that's a huge motivator for me of just like wanting to work my guts out, do whatever is necessary to find success and winning for the clients. And I would say like, we've had some people in the past that just wanted to come into the agency and have it be a, a an easy nine to five, which sometimes it can be a, a, an easy nine to five, but other times it is a 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. the next day, you know, type of thing where you got to crank it out and you got to work super, super hard and you got to be willing to do that because you don't get great creative by just phoning it in or, or coming in on normal office hours and, and not when it needs to be, right? Yeah. It's not totally. just creative, it's successful. Yes. You don't come, you don't become successful without doing it. Cause we talked earlier about uh, Doug Wing, who's our good friend, whose dad was the inventor of the little giant ladder. Little giant ladder became successful because, because Hal Wing put ladders in the back of a truck and went around door to door to sell them to hardware stores and slept in the truck on the ladders in the back of the truck. I hope he had I mean, some plywood you, over that. Well, I don't know what he had, but if you're not, my statement is if you're not yeah. willing to do that, you're not willing to really become successful. Yeah. And he also was the was one of the innovators of the infomercial, which yeah. catapulted our company to success. Yeah. They've been massively successful. And I think that's 100% right. You have to do those long hours and grind it out or else. And especially like in, when times get tough too, like right now, like where consumer spending is coming down a little bit, like, and you know, you're not, if you're not willing to put in the hard hours, it's just, you're going to be sifted out from the competition and you're going to, you're going to go by the wayside. Totally. Okay. So our listener is usually a salesperson or business owner that's trying to make more money, trying to make more sales and getting into their their psyche for a second. They might be thinking, but Jen, but Jeffrey, I don't do online ads, right? And I want you to talk to them about how they could advertise, quote unquote, themselves without necessarily paying for ads. Like what else is considered marketing and, and how, how would you do it? Like, what is it storytelling? Is it the way in which you convey your message to the consumer? Like, how can they get better at it with your principles that you guys are using? Because you guys work with some pretty baller brands and have done some pretty amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, that definitely. We have we've been very lucky to you know work with some great. Luck has nothing to do with it. We've had the the benefit of working hard and the uh, you know right. the brands have come to us. Hard work <laughs> makes luck. Yeah, there you go. I like that. That's another book title. <laughs> I'm telling you, we got two of them so far. We're on a roll. I, I want to break the record. What do we got here? What's the highest? I got book a third titles? one, but we'll save that for later. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I think, you know, because I get this uh, kind of type of question fairly often of how, like, you know, I don't do online advertising. I don't do like, you know, big marketing campaigns. But I think for us, like, we are, you know, big subscribers to the idea of, uh, like, do you, do you guys know who Donald Miller is? Story brand? Yes. Yeah, so we're friends with Donald Miller, and he's been a huge influence on, on the agency. We had him just in here in the office a couple of weeks ago. And one of the, the big things that we subscribe to is that humans as, as people, like are just like in our genetic wiring deep down, we are a story, we have a story-based mind, meaning like our minds respond to stories way better than they do to statistical figures or or just numbers or or facts or whatever. If it's crafted around a narrative and a story story, people's responses are so much 
higher and have a lot more, um, there's just something innately deep inside of us that resonates more with that than versus someone yelling a fact at them, right? And I think with anything, you know, you're always putting yourself out there in one way or the other, whether it's a website or whether it's on social media or whether it's on, you know, Twitter, however you're doing that, Facebook, but you have a, a really great platform that you need to be able to craft your own story of what you do and why people should care about you. And if you have that story that you're crafting about what your service is or whatever that, like whatever you're selling, that story, if it's crafted correctly, can motivate people to remember you and have that like stickiness that we were talking about, like in, you know, in the back of their minds, when they come to that point, when they need someone's services or sales, like you're offering, they're going to come back to you more than the person who just said some statistic or showed some stat or graph, you know, on their social media posts about the success or about their product's efficiency. If there's a narrative to back up, and that's not to say like, we lean a lot into to power our claims at Harm Brothers and how we do it, but it has to be couched uh, in a story first. And then the, the power claims that are around it just give it a, a little bit more meaning behind it. But if it's power crafting that, that very, Don't gloss over power claims. Yeah, yeah. Talk to us about a power claim. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's like, so I'm trying to think of one that we can do. Like I'll even just do a really recent one. We literally had a client in here yesterday. Well, I will withhold their name, but they they have a very, very innovative product. They have a utility patent on that has about, uh, I think they're about seven years left on the utility patent. And so they have a narrow window that they're trying to execute on like really growing this, this, this product and this brand. And I asked them, you know, what power claims do you have? Uh, because what Harm Brothers, we always are trying to find what is that like, power claim we can lean into. So for, so if we go back to that fiber fix example, right? It's a hundred times stronger than duct tape. It's a very concrete, very simple thing for people to understand that then you can build the creative and build the story around that and lean into that visual, lean into that power claim. So theirs is a, a product that has to do with breathing and breathing through the nose. And I don't know if you guys have, there's a book out there. It's called the breath, the lost art of breathing, I believe is what it's called. I'll have to fact check me. You have to fact check me on that one, but it's this entire book. That's all about the research of breathing through your nose versus breathing through your mouth and how much better it is for you. And like, there's all sorts of scientific research about how much better you sleep when you sleep through, or breathe through your nose and about how, when you breathe through your nose, you actually get sick less. There's all sorts of research around if you're like your like nasal pathways are clear and open about how you can be able to like have a better life and better like wellness, right? Our, our fact checkers just phoned in. It's called breath, the new science of a lost art. Yes. Yes. Thank you so very, very much. Like that's like riddled with all sorts of stuff that would be perfect. Like there's all sorts of peer reviewed papers inside the book and as well as anecdotal like research around it that they have, it's a treasure trove of knowledge that they were aware of, but they haven't leaned into in their marketing information yet. They haven't used that in a, kind of like as an anchor of a power claim to then build a lot of the story and narrative around how their product works and the story of their product. And so I think like for us, we're always looking for that power claim that we can lean into and have concrete validity behind. Um, it's easy to understand that then we can build that narrative around on a, on a bigger basis and a bigger campaign front. I, I, Jenny, I have two things I want to say. Yeah. Number one, here's the title of your book, Shane. I'm ready. Facts and figures are forgotten. Stories are retold. Ooh, man, he's good at this, isn't he? He's really good at this. Like yeah. you're just like cranking them out, man. Like no problem. So yeah. that, that's a yeah, perfect title. I'll have title the book for... written for you in like three weeks. Just check yeah. back. <laughs> and uh, for under 50,000. So you're in pretty good shape there. Ooh, that's, it's way a, less, that's great. It's way less than your campaigns. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. 
But I want to throw something at you that people don't understand. We're growing up in an age of video. The way things have happened since I was a kid have transformed so incredibly quickly that text is no longer an issue. Yeah. Emails are no longer an issue unless there's a video attached to them. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is no longer an issue unless there's a video attached to it. So viral videos are a form of advertising that can lead to success if enough people get it, like it, repost it, send it to somebody else. And, you know, all of a sudden it's got a million views. Yeah. Look at anything on, on uh, uh, Facebook or YouTube where Emma Chamberlain or the twins or the triplets from Boston, they have 5 million views on their videos. Yeah, and these people sure. are famous for nothing, for nothing. <laughs> but they're cooking along and you have to look at that as, okay, they're not advertising. They're promoting themselves and it's mm -hmm. working. And then yeah. advertisers go to them and go, please drink a Pepsi, please. Yeah. <laughs> so how does a person figure out their own power claims? Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're selling a product like, and like, so this is definitely something on the marketing front, but if you're on the, like the sales team for that product or like kind of in, in charge of growing the sales on that, like a little bit is we use something, you guys are familiar with the user method? The what? Oh. The, the, the user method. It's a, there's, there's a book. I, I highly recommend it. But basically the idea of the user method is in order to really successfully sell, you have to fully understand the user experience, right? You have to understand it as if you are the consumer, right? And I think that getting in there and digging in as a user can unearth power claims. So let me give you an example here. So there was a, you know, Squatty Potty is one of our, our most famous clients that we've worked with, right? They um, came to Harmon Brothers uh, having the problem of like, hey, we think this thing is great. You know, we think it's 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 definitely like a, a game changer for a, in a lot of different ways. I mean, we just can't seem to break through this, this like kind of ceiling that we're hitting. But it was primarily because they were marketing it towards geriatric like people or people that had like bowel problems that they just could not like they couldn't overcome. And this was definitely helping those people in a huge way, but it was, that's a very limited market. And so when we, they came and talked to us, we you know you like, we go through the user method. We actually take a lot of our products that we bring in, we try and actually use them on a daily basis. We try and understand them as consumers, not as, a, as a marketer or an advertiser. And we want to know, like we try and ch check what like we like about it, right? What we enjoy about it. And so one of the things, that came out of that process was we noticed like, hey, this, I don't have, I'm not geriatric and I don't have bowel problems, but this is a much like more enjoyable bathroom experience. It's faster and it's not something that takes as much, uh, if you will, a little, it's not, not as much effort. <laughs> You know, and that, and, that, and the other thing that we we found out is it just it took less time for bowel movements, right? And so that was a power claim that we developed off of that is it took less time compared to not using a squatty potty. It took about half as much time to go to the bathroom using a squatty potty versus not having one. And so out of that, we kind of got some uh, anecdotal like uh, data from like customers and reporting like how long it takes, and like boom, we've got a power claim that we can lean into, and not only lean into like for the geriatric market or people that have problems with bowel, like just bowel problems, but like the general public, like just leaning into a broad, wide net messaging um, of this is just a better bathroom experience because it takes half, half the time and less effort. It's just more enjoyable, right? And that resonated like massively with people. Obviously having a, a unicorn pooping out uh, ice cream cones definitely helps as a front end <laughs> hook, but yeah. again, relevant back I could to get the product. It. I immediately got that message, but yeah. 
there was something missing there that I think is just as powerful. There are people who read in the bathroom. True. Like they'll go to the toilet and they'll have a book or a magazine or something. And they, uh, pardon my French, but they piss away their time. <laughs> true. And, and this is, uh, you can buy back your bathroom time. You don't need a magazine in a bathroom. That's no. like, so if you have that, then you're a candidate for this product. It's true. Because I, I know, uh, I you know, had a couple of roommates in college. It would take like, you know, they should be half an hour in there, man. Just And then they'd be like, right. my legs are numb. <laughs> they wait exactly. to get up. <laughs> and, and the byproduct of that is you don't get hemorrhoids. You don't get whatever. And, you know, there's, there's all kinds of research about that. But if I can, if I can challenge you to say, if you have a magazine in the bathroom, you got a problem. Yeah. See, <laughs> love that. Love that. You listening? Listen, Squatty Potty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, oh man. Um, Die Hard, this is the message. And I want you to listen to this very carefully. Go to your customers, your 10 best customers, and talk to them about how they use or watch them use your product or your service. And then talk to them and interview them about outcomes and you will get your power message. Yes. And you'll get yeah, it every time. And and you videotape them and you'll have testimonials at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So that's actually a big part of our, we do kind of a, we call it a qualitative and a quantitative research process before we go into um, a campaign for a customer. Cause we really try and understand like the customer and every insight that we possibly have. And that's actually what you just mentioned was actually a big part of it is, is we go and go to their love group as well as giving new customers like new credits or, or something to, you know, go test out the product and interview both of them. We want to understand why do, why do the diehards love it? And then how is that? What's the perception like of new customers and how, what value do they see it in their, like in that kind of where they are on that path of the, their, their love group journey. Um, so yeah, that's a I mean, huge part second book us. is called love group. <laughs> love group as long as it's not big love group okay i understand that no, it can't be, no, no. be pulled the polygamy is not involved in that this is just regular people that love you and love your product love products yeah exactly I, can you imagine going to the little giant customers who will brag end on end about we spent double for this ladder and we love it because it's safe and you could probably get a hundred thousand of those testimonials. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like that's a big, like a big thing that we've leaned into over the last, you know, four or five years is really like the authentic voice of like individuals, like, right. like that, like has a big impact. Like, and so whenever we're creating, cause a lot of our campaigns are crafted by, or kind of have are delivered by spokespeople. And we try and get the spokespeople that speak to that, like mm. that or build a character that speak to that audience in an authentic way. But then we also always integrate real people into our, our campaigns and into our content, whether it's through reviews that we lift from, you know, the website or Amazon that highlight that because there is something so naturalistic about someone just of their own volition going and leaving a review on Amazon that people just, it bleeds through with the authenticity and the, the, the like genuine enjoyment and satisfaction they got from the products. And I think that that's something that like we're seeing more and more of as people are they don't want to be BSed. They don't want to be like, just like, you know, kind of gas, not gaslit, but they don't want to be like, you know, swindled by a good advertisement. They right. really want to know what people are actually saying about this. Yeah. I think that's why micro influencers are really taking off right now because people feel like whether it's right or wrong, they can trust that micro influencer more so than they can trust the big person who's likely getting paid to advertise it. Yeah, exactly. It's also the rating, the star rating 
Like uh -huh. five stars is everything in today's world. Yes. And if you're a two star and you're on Yelp, no one's going to eat in your restaurant. Period. Exactly. And that's another thing too. Like, like when we're looking at partnering with products, like we have to feel like at Harm Brothers, we're, we're very selective on who, like, I don't want to say selective, but we don't work with products that are questionable. Like we genuinely want to only work and do campaigns for people that have products of substance that have a real differentiation in the marketplace and a real value that add to customers, because that's the only way that like people are going to have great success. Like you can't great pair really great marketing content with like a, a product that's garbage because it, it, it you might have a pop and you might have some people that really trade out. But as soon as people experience it and they're like, this thing's a piece of crap. Like this isn't doing what they said it was. This was just like me being a sucker for a really clever marketing campaign. Then all of a sudden the brand falls out from underneath them and they have nothing to stand on. So for us, it's part of like a kind of our, an audit process that we do when we're working with brands and like are looking at the reviews. We're looking at what customers are saying about them on YouTube and on like on Twitter. If people have like comments on there, like that's big for us. I want to tell you guys stories, but this <laughs> story of this one, I'll omit the, the client's name. There was a particular client that has a super innovative product. It was very, it was patented, very uh, unique that like no one else, like was very protected IP from this product. It was a men's grooming product. But one of the things that we saw when we did the initial audit is they had a huge problem with the chargers that they were giving because they weren't giving us, they were, they were giving out the core, but they weren't giving out a base. And the way that their charging mechanism works is that if it had the wrong voltage or amperage on it, it actually would eventually fry out like the, the circuitry and the and the actual like unit which we're like this is something that like we like we're very very concerned with and this is actually after we signed so it was kind of a tough conversation because we unearthed it later and luckily for for us like they had actually gone in and like of their own volition had corrected it but we actually like had made it very clear that like we don't want to push on this and push a huge campaign for you until this is fixed and they, luckily they were very, very much aligned on that and they had fixed the problem. And by the time we actually pushed the campaign, they had included the right like charger and the campaign did exceptionally well for them. It took off, cool. it lowered the cost for acquisition by an enormous amount. It just was, was great. But I think like if, it, but if they hadn't done that, if they had cheapened out on that or, or made the decision to, to bypass that, think about how many, if they doubled their sales over the last like, you know, six months, yeah. that would have been disastrous for them. They would have right now, they'd be hit with all these negative views and be like, this thing's a piece of crap it broke in like six months you know so that's the difference between provo and new york city you have integrity <laughs> why well, that's very kind of you <laughs> it's and a that, pleasure that's a big but that, deal though that's a really big deal yeah they have money and you have to, they have to qualify for you we try to not make it that I, that's why i hesitate to say qualify because we try we want it to be a partnership right we want to be I honest get that, with but each they, other still, you you're know? not going to take on a partner if they don't qualify yeah. And I think we've had, we've had hard conversations with clients that wanted to work with us and thought that was the right fit where there were certain aspects of it where we just felt like the product wasn't up to snuff or wasn't like, wasn't ready for a campaign like that. Cause I really do genuinely feel like if you do a huge campaign, a huge push and it blows up in a big way and it's not the right product, or if something's not fixed, that should have been fixed. Ultimately it's just going to come back and burn them in a really nasty way, yeah. you know, and, and something like that can take like years of recovery to depending on the life yeah. cycle of the product and like the consumption pattern of the product, if it's not a consumable or something that you go through, like within a couple of weeks, you know, that's, that's the rough pit to dig yourself out of. So so diehard, as you're listening to this, number one, your authenticity matters. People are going to find out if you're authentic or inauthentic 
And here's an advertising agency that will only deal with you if you're authentic, which I think is pretty damn cool. That's number one. Number two, your customers' outcomes will create your message in a way that cannot be denied. Mm -hmm. They're going to speak. The voice of your customer is a thousand times more powerful than your voice. And to, just to add to that, one of the key messages that Shane is saying is if you want to get more sales, you better be prepared for what's going to happen when you turn that faucet on. Because when yeah. you turn it on and the sales start pouring in, if your product is not up to snuff, you're in trouble. Yeah, for sure. And like, the, so going back to that, that breathing device company we just met with yesterday. So they, they were, this is another great sign that, that I think that they could be a really great fit for us is they, they knew their product wasn't ready yet. They had worked for the last like couple of years to really fix some of their sourcing and manufacturing problems that they had. And they, they were like coming to us basically at the time. It was like, we've worked through X, Y, and Z problems in terms of like what the actual product does. And now we're ready to go. And now we're ready to turn on the faucet. And we just need help with the messaging and crafting the creative that's going to carry like through to customers in a, in a meaningful way. And so when I hear stuff like that, that's like music to my ears because we don't have to have those battles and they've, they've already fought them on their side. And then it's just us collaborating and, and being a great partnership together of really making something special that will make their product stand out in the marketplace and help people understand why it's superior to everything out there. But you have the capability and you have the proof of winning behind you. And yeah. I think diehard, that's what you also need to understand. If you have the capability and you have the proof, either in testimonial or social proof, you can win with your message. You yep. cannot win with your message if you're only bragging about it. Yes. So Shane, I know you help big companies, well, maybe small ones too, but you help companies create their ads. For the do-it-yourselfer, do you have a course that they could take to really understand how to start with the storytelling and all of those elements that you discussed? Yeah. So we have a couple of courses. We have some that were for bigger production. They're all part of our, we did a, a, a couple of years where we had an education series called Harmon Brothers University that we did, which was covering everything from script writing to content creation on a big scale, as well as stuff down to, we made a course. It's like easy ads that sell. This is like stuff that people can do really simply on their phone with like free apps from the app store type of thing. Uh, we break down 15 different ad types that people can make really simply when one of those is like an explainer testimonial video where it's just a short explanation followed by really, really succinct and selected reviews. But we have a huge course you know, curriculum for helping people that are kind of in that spot that you're talking about of just trying to get off the ground. Because I, I will say, just talking to a lot of the people who bought some of our early products, they're like, oh man, I want to do a big squatty potty video. I want to do a Kodiak Cakes ad where I go get a bear and we film stunts with a bear, you know, but that's a little outside of my, uh, my uh, budget right now. <laughs> Oh yeah. So we definitely were like, okay, there are some core like sales and marketing tactics that even that, that scale down, right? From like, a, we have our big campaigns and we looked and identified what are the things that really make people convinced to buy this product? And we tried to take all that and compress it and distill it into like very simple forms of video, 15 different ads that can really like move the needle for people. And we've had uh, a, a really great results from some of our clients who have bought some of that. We had one a guy named, uh, he's a, I can talk about this one because it's a, uh, I think he's given us authorization 
variation on this, but his, his name's Hiker. The company's called Hikers Co. And it's basically the idea is it's a series. It's like a suspender, but it goes underneath the shirt. It's for like the, the, without wearing a belt. It's actually a pretty cool product. And he took the course and it blew up his revenue. Like he was just a small little mom and pop. I think he was doing about like $80,000 a year run rate. It was kind of a side project for him. And he took the course uh, and it blew him up to about $250,000 of revenue within a few months. If you have the right core principles in your videos, they don't have to be crazy elaborate and complex, especially at like smaller scale. You can do a lot of those things on, on, on your own very simply. You just have to do the hard work of getting to know that message. And we go a lot of that of like, what's going to make people a bit motivated? How do you tap into your customer's voice? And if you don't have even stuff, if you don't have a customer reviews yet, how do you go find those? And how do you go hit the pavement, get into people's hands and get that, like extract that information out of consumers that don't exist yet, essentially. That's amazing. So where- okay, so diehards go to get that. I believe it's harmbrothersuniversity.com. Okay. Gonna... And we'll put the link in the show notes yeah. too. I know a lot of people are going to want to get that. No, yeah. I want to get it out. I want to have a, like a 500 word column from Shane about how anybody can make it without a big budget and you know, okay. how to attract. Yeah. Attraction is everything. When you're pushing it, it doesn't work. When you're pulling it, it works like crazy. Yeah. And I'd like to really carry this forward because I think that your message is not only accurate, it's genuine. When you're from Philadelphia and New York, you have a bullshit meter that's built into your brain. <laughs> it's like it's hardwired into you, right? Well, we're the first ones to scream that's bullshit. And, <laughs> and I think it was taught to us by our parents who were taught to them by their parents. Yeah. Make sure you got the bullshit meter on. And <laughs> I think that that what we've learned or what you, the diehard, have learned in this particular message is that authenticity rules. Yeah. And Shane is authentic. And what he's trying to say is, dude, do that. Be authentic. And you're going to win more than you lose. Yeah. Because if you're not, we're not even going to take you as a client. But take sure. the course. If you're if you are in the low to middle range, take the course first and decide how you're going to create your message. And how yeah. powerful your message is to actually attract who you're looking for. And and if they want to reach out to you about an actual campaign, what would they do? Harmbrothers.com. Uh, you can just reach out to us through a portal. We we try and respond to uh, like submissions for like, working with us as a client within the 24 hours. So awesome. yeah, that's the easiest place to get a hold of us. Awesome. I want to tell you one New York City advertising agency story, if I may. Yes, I'd love to. Love to okay. hear it. I was at a dinner with the chief marketing officer from Capital One. You know Capital One? Oh yeah. And I said, hey, how did you come up with the phrase, what's in your wallet? And he said, oh, I did. I said, well, tell me what happened. He said, I took it to my ad agency in New York City and they said they didn't like it. So I fired them. <laughs> Is that cool or what? That's amazing. And I mean, that's been running for them for, for how many years now? Like that's-, that's Oh been my going God, it's, years. it is this, well, Give me 15 minutes and I'll save you 15%. Geico is number one. Yep. But what's in your wallet is number two for the last decade. Think about that. Yeah. And even with that Geico one, they even, they even stuck in a power claim into their like, you know, 15 minutes can save you 15% on car insurance. Like that's like, that's yeah. even double whammy. That's even, that's like incredible. Yeah. It's memorable and a power claim. Yeah. Right. And it's a, that Gecko guy that no one really likes, but- Everyone's attracted to him. He's now throwing a football. He's, you know, carrying books to school. I mean, they've, they have milked that character to a point where it's iconic. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. It'll live in the annals of advertising for a long time. I don't know oh, if it'll. Yeah. I don't know if it'll top the Dosecchi's guy, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you, are you familiar with uh, Claude Hopkins? I am not familiar with Claude Hopkins. Okay, you should own this book. It's called My Life in Advertising and Scientific Advertising. Oh, it sounds fascinating. It's the, from the fifties, of course. Um, try to find a first edition. You can't find one. Of course, uh, but you can you can get a twelfth edition for maybe fifty or sixty bucks. The book is coveted by people that do what you do. I love ripping. It's through a good that read. Stuff. It's a good read. I I would recommend that you get it. My life in advertising and scientific advertising by Claude Hopkins. I'll check it out. That sounds like a great read. I'm assuming it's not on Audible. If you got to go through the twelfth <laughs> edition, it's from uh, the sixties. I don't know. The, I would assume it's not. The books that are fifty years old are usually not. <laughs> which is unfortunate because that's 90 percent of the kid books i consume are audible <laughs> that's interesting i record all my books but i would really rather people read them oh interesting yeah i'm just such a i'm such an auditory learner like i get my my comprehension and retention is so much higher when i when i listen and guys i want you to die hard i want you to listen and look at our video if you're only listening to this i'm going to challenge you to go back and look at the video we're having a conversation with people that have advertising prowess, not power, prowess. And they're just regular people. Shane does not have his coat and tie on. And in fact, Shane probably has only worn a coat and tie to either a wedding or a funeral over the course of the last 20 years. I that think we did do a casino night, but that was like almost like dress up at that point here at the company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love that you're being you. You know, yeah, exactly. It's, it's perfect. The, the authenticity of the advertising agency goes all the way to the people. Yeah, for sure. And that's a message that you can get subliminally. It's not about advertising. It's about people. Yeah, for sure. It's th this is definitely a people business on the advertising for sure, because it's all about relationships and uh, like you said, authenticity. And, you know, and I think, you know, and maybe it's because we deal with a lot of big, big, big clients or, or a lot of people that have had, they've been jaded or have had like, you know, the bullshit meter, as you say, has gone off for them. That I think it's refreshing when we shoot them straight and we're, we're honest with them and we're not coming as yes, sirs, but we're like coming as like, let's be collaborative partners and challenge some of our assumptions that might be uncomfortable. And I think that they, even if it's uncomfortable, I think that they respect us for that. And it, it, it strengthens the relationship between the clients and ourselves because, you know, they, they don't want someone to be a yes man. They might think they do want a yes man, you know, to just jump and say hi, but that's not, that's not, if you're bringing an agency, the agency needs to challenge a lot of what the company's assumptions are doing um, um, and challenge the way that they're selling their product and talking to the consumers. And that's what we do. And, and when we're straight about that and they're, okay taking some of that and thinking on that and processing on that and maybe throwing away some of their assumptions because they're so often like not in the 10,000 foot view they're all, all the nitty-gritty and they're in the weeds if they can throw those things away and allow that collaboration to happen and 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 challenge some of their assumptions i feel like it makes for the best type of creative that really moves product and motivates people to buy and really builds a business up so this is i'm going to go out on a limb jenny we've done close to a thousand of these podcasts I'm more interested in this podcast than most podcasts that we've done. You're, this is a, a phenomenal message because number one, it's valuable. Number two, it's authentic. And number three, it works. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Yeah. Thank you for being here and thank you for sharing your message. We'll make sure to pop those links in the show notes and just really grateful to have this conversation. Yeah.
If you'll stay on for just a minute after this is over, I'd appreciate yeah. it. And by the way, I've got my guy over here who has uh, audio as well as video. If you want us to send it over to you via WeTransfer or cool. whatever, Dropbox, that works as well. Yeah, we we transfer. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, let's just close it out. So a diehard, this is important for you. Watch this or listen to this and then study what the strategies that have been given to you because it will help every single aspect of your business and your attraction. And do that even if your ass falls off. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to like, share. Yeah, share with both your friends. And subscribe to the podcast. And remember, we have a free 22-day sales challenge. Just go to gutimer.com slash sales challenge to start you on your way.